0: Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello, and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer. A am we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles. We give shout-outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever in the hell else comes to mind during the course of our conversation. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. So joining me today are uh, two two Internet fellows, uh, Dave Lopez and Mark Aldrich. Uh, if you guys could, uh, let's start with you, Dave. If you could tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into craft beer and what you do when you're not talking to people like me about oh, craft sure. beer. So
1: I <laughs> am one of the co-founders of Gun Hill Brewing Company here in New York City, in the Bronx. Um, I got into craft beer through uh, some baseball teammates of mine actually years and years ago. One of them was a home brewer and he brewed uh, he brewed all the beer for his own wedding and it kind of put the, uh, the craft beer bug in, in my, in my ear or in my, in my belly, I guess we'll say. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it's sort of all spiraled, spiraled from there. Um, and when I am, when I'm not on the internet, um, and besides helping to, to run the brewery, I I also uh, have a day job in finance.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Mark, what about um, you? how did you get into craft beer? And what do you do when you're not talking to people like me about craft beer?
2: Well, um, my my entrance into craft beer sort of came a, as an end around. Um, I'm a professional actor and uh, and met some actors with, of a fellow uh, mindset that I was working with a few years ago who we, we were both, well, there were three of us at the time, we were very interested in historic pubs and bars and things like that. So uh, I was a big travel channel junkie and thought, oh, well, this would be, a, I would watch a show about interesting bars around the country and around the world. So we started putting uh, the ideas for that together, and as we were doing it, the craft beer explosion was, was happening all around us, and uh, a lot of the places that we found interesting also became um, participants in, in the craft beer world. So we sort of grew up with craft beer. We uh, we never did make it to the Travel Channel, but we're still uh, online. We have almost 400 episodes. Um, it our Our efforts are helped because we travel a lot with with our day job our when we're not talking about beer we're performing on stages around the country uh or here in new york and um and as I said, yeah, almost four hundred episodes and uh, still going and too stubborn to stop so uh and awesome that awesome nothing nothing
0: wrong with that
2: exactly and that leads us up to uh to the the project that Dave and I worked on together most recently I
0: should say excellent. Yeah. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about a beer that, uh, was produced by, uh, Gun Hill and, uh, uh, Mark and, and his his cohorts. Um, it's based off of a hazy IPA. So I'll give a little bit of history about the hazy IPA. Uh, hazy IPAs were invented in 2003, um, by the Alchemist Brewery. Uh, at the time it was just a brew pub and, uh, they uh they decided to uh make a uh, an IPA that uh, was unfiltered and unpasteurized so it was nice and murky and had all sorts of all extra uh micronutrients in it and things like that so uh provided a whole different flavor palette as compared to a standard IPA uh, It became really popular um over the over the, the next uh 10 years or so and in like 20 what 2013 or so the uh the new england ipa craze really started to take off across the united states and and most of the 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 rest of north america and i mean today it's still a really popular popular uh style it's not one of my favorite styles because you know i'm just one of those old school curmudgeons and i like my stouts and i like my porters and and uh I like, uh, I like my, my ESBs and things like that. Uh, you know, all, all all the young kids can keep their West coast IPAs and their East coast IPAs. If I'm going to have an IPA, it's going to be an old school English IPA, but I drink all beers because all beers, good beer. <laughs> all right. So, um, IPAs, as people might not know, have been around for for an awful long time. They've been around since the early 18th century. Um, and they started splintering off into different, uh, factions, uh, actually in the 19th century is when you started getting more uh, different flavor profiles for IPAs. And then in the 20th century, obviously with the craft beer phase, we've we've split it off into, I don't know, there's all sorts of new things that everyone calls an IPA. I don't know that a lot of them are actually IPAs. You've got your, your West Coast, your American, you've got your English, you've got your East Coast, you've got your, your sour, you've got your slushy, you've got uh, all that all that fancy trendy hip stuff that uh, I don't pay attention to most of the time but yeah, it's all out there and if if that's your thing cool you know if not well then, uh, maybe it will be after you hear this conversation so uh, so guys if you would I don't know who wants to uh, jump in first tell me a little bit about this uh this beer that you guys uh, co-created
2: mark go ahead are you uh well I'll start because there's a little bit of background that leads up to uh, to how we got to this beer um so Perfect. my, my my business partner in uh, in our web series, uh, his name is Jimmy Ludwig. Uh, we became the happy hour guys a little over 12 years ago. And um, eventually we wanted to find a way to get our, our performing lives to sort of mesh with our craft beer world lives. And we struck upon the idea of matching a Broadway show with uh, a local craft brewery. Uh, we would bring the cast to the to the brewery and, and they would work together to, to create a beer. That would then be sold to benefit a charity of their choosing. Um, so we had worked through uh, through five of those. The first one um, was probably our, our most successful. We got very lucky out out of the gate, and uh, a little show called Hamilton agreed to to take place to take part in it. <laughs> and um, Just a little show, and uh, and we and then we got lucky twice. We 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 hit two home runs in a row because the the brewery that agreed to sign on. To work with us on that was gun hill brewing and dave lopez uh and uh i will let him talk a little bit about about that beer and that experience before we go wow well,
1: we 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 were we were fortunate enough just to be making beers that were named after uh revolutionary war era things so that's why you guys sort of put us all together but yes it was uh that was very it was very we were very lucky to be to be included in part of that and we were kind of fortunate also in terms of the timing of that because it was right before Hamilton became Hamilton like it was still popular but we released the beer I think either the day of or or a couple of days around when they were nominated for all their Tony Awards that first year and so it it kind of uh, sort of helped as we just sort of went along for the ride I would say and so with the beer releasing around that time and Hamilton becoming increasingly more popular a lot of media picked up on the fact that Hamilton had its own beer or that the cast had brewed this beer and so that sort of spiraled and it became something where we couldn't just brew it one time. We had to brew it um, sort of on the on a regular basis because we were we were providing it to the theater. so so that was almost six years ago that I think that we started that and to this day it's still being sold in the theater uh, where the show's still running. Awesome.
0: Oh that's awesome and
1: it was it was um it was in Madison Square Garden for a couple of years it was in city field where the Mets play for for a season so it's it's just been one of those beers that's really taken on a life of its own it's also won a medal at the great american beer festival so it's um it's, that's cool it's definitely uh it worked out it worked out very nicely for us and it 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 sort of set us up into how we got connected again for for curtain up
0: Very, very cool. That, that, that is actually really awesome. I mean, uh, that, 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 that's, that's, uh, that's a confluence of, uh, of coincidences all coming together and, and creating something wonderful for everybody involved.
1: And that beer, that beer was not, it it really was an IPA by the way, that beer was a, uh, a saison. So.
0: Oh, fantastic style.
2: Yeah. We were, I think we were all caught a little off guard by how much that, that project took off um as dave said hamilton was just in in the midst of becoming what we now think of as hamilton and and we had just had a little idea to try to make a beer for charity and then next thing you know we're you know being featured in national and international uh, publications and and uh, and it helped us quite a bit uh going forward because we then went on to do four more beers after that with four other shows and four different charities um and we wanted we'd always wanted to make the Broadway 6 pack so we wanted we wanted to get 6 beers uh <laughs> together six different charities six different shows six different casts and uh and then the pandemic hit and um we weren't really sure i mean no one was sure we didn't know what was going to happen we knew our industry literally shut down overnight um so there was there was no show for us to team up with um and then as you know, the weeks dragged into months, we realized that this was gonna be a, a long-term situation. And, um, and rather than look for, for what had been our template in the past, we decided uh, to sort of take a cue from the All Together project and uh, the Black is Beautiful project and all the other sort of open source collaborative beer projects that were popular uh, about a year ago. And, um, and we decided we wanted to help our industry as a whole. So we wanted to do the same thing, but uh in a way that would help arts workers and arts organizations that were, you know, really suffering and, and still are. Um and we uh we came up with the idea uh on one of our on our very first episode back. We everybody was still social distancing. We were sitting out in front of uh of a brewery here in, in uh, the Hudson Valley in almost upstate New York, uh Sloop Brewing. Great, great folks. And uh we, we were sitting in a tent because we couldn't sit inside at that point. And came up with the idea, and sloop had expressed some interest in uh in being our partners uh in the project going forward, which thought was great uh but we knew Dave and Gunhill had done a black is beautiful, and we wanted to uh we literally never imagined that that he would be willing to jump back into something like this with us again. <laughs> we wanted to get his advice on you know what worked and what didn't work and what we could do to make it easier for people all the way around um and not only was he gracious enough to to answer our questions, but he also said if anything happens uh, and there's an opportunity, that Gun Hill would would very much like to step in and and be our brewing partner on on this project. And uh, and uh, Sloop had a very very busy brewing schedule, um, so it, it, there was an opening there for us to get things rolling a lot quicker if if we could move forward with Gun Hill. And uh, and I'll I'll let Dave, pick it up from there but it was it was a very very happy uh sort of tumbling of events that led us together again awesome yeah so from
0: so yeah uh yeah, sorry yep yeah, go ahead no, no no i was just gonna say go ahead dave continue this story i, I i'm enthralled
1: so, so <laughs> we we got together and, and part of me felt that um, while we expected this to be a large undertaking part of me felt that as a native new yorker i was born and raised in in new york city um and as my business partner is also from from new york city originally and, and as being a new york city brand and a new york based brand we felt i felt that it was very important no matter what sort of transpired and how difficult it may be for us to try and really really take the lead on something like this because i don't think enough people fully appreciated just how difficult this was going to be for the new york city Uh, community, for the Broadway community, for the acting community, the live performance community, and also how deeply intertwined it was with both the hospitality and the brewing industry, because so many of these of these actors and performers um, also double as bartenders, servers, tasting room workers. And so this was a way for us to not just support, help support people that were working for us, but also to prop up another part of the economy that we also gonna benefit from because as people come to go see Broadway shows, they come into town to see Broadway shows, or well, what else are they gonna do? Those are the people that are gonna go and drink our beers at the bars around the shows. They're gonna go and come visit our breweries when you know, before the show or the next day when they're still in town. So it was something that I felt pretty strongly about and it wasn't a very difficult sell to To the rest of the team at the brewery and and my partner was on board with it right away. Um, And then that sort of leads to then the discussion about how we picked the beer. And I would say that, that none of us really wanted to do a hazy IPA, but what we did feel very strongly about, and, and I felt really, really strongly about was that it had to be something that could be an easy sell to all the other breweries to get on board with because we really wanted to make this as easy as possible and make it so that people would, because this it's different. This is, this is very different than all the other open source um, projects that we've seen, that we saw leading, leading up to this point. Right. And so it's a little bit of a, of a trickier ask in some ways on surface, but so therefore we wanted to say, okay, look, we're going to take away a lot of the, the, um, the hesitation I would say from a production standpoint. So we're gonna make something that we know you're all making and you do whatever the hell you want to it as long as you stay true to the label and you try and keep some of the stuff the same. But like we're not asking you to and if you had if you had asked us, our preference would have been to do a lager or a pilsner of some sort. But we but we're not at <laughs> but we, we we knew we said we're not gonna ask a brewery to to, to take up that kind of tank space. And take up and, and hog up their production right. schedule that way. We're going to do something that, like I said, you're all making at some point or another in the next six months. We know you're making this in the next year. You're definitely making multiple versions of this. So all we're saying is just just mm-hmm. find it and find it to 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 do something for a good cause. And then the second thing that we really wanted to do was was make it so that it wouldn't be something that was going to cost an arm and a leg for a brewery to to produce, so that they could still sell this at a reasonable price while still tacking on a little bit extra for them to, to be able to make their full margin and donate something to the cause.
0: Basically made it a win-win we for to,
1: We tried to, you'd be surprised how many of my fellow breweries refused to see that that can be done. Um, and, and there was a lot of, there had to be a lot of explaining to other people, but you know, it, it we tried to make it as, as, really as simple as possible.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the beer itself. Um, What, uh, what kind of flavor profile did you guys settle on? Is it, is it, is it more orange? Is it grapefruit? Is it mango? (laughs) Is it a mishmash fruit salad? So
1: so our version, and again, you know, everybody, there are a lot, everyone's put a little bit of a different spin and and we've seen, I mean, Mark, what have we, we've seen some. We've seen a sour IPA. We've actually seen an India Pale Lager. Um, we, we've seen a bunch yep. of different variations and some really, really different hop combinations too. But our yeah. our version was was much more um, papaya and and pineapple uh, than than orange. Um, but
0: you gotcha. know,
1: so so depending on depending on your palate, I would I would describe it a little bit more as a, a stone fruit. A stone fruit flavor, um, mm-hmm. okay. But again, like one of the other things, one of the other things that we tried to do with the beer is it's the ABV is kind of right down Main Street. Our our base was six and a half percent, so we wanted to make something that was really really okay. simple, easy to drink, so that also the consumer would be comfortable, confident to be to want to drink more than one because you're supporting a good cause as well.
0: Right, right, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to rock at the ABV up because then you're going to limit the number of sales. Um, so, so I'm going to ask you a question and answer it as best you can. I don't expect. I don't expect. There's no right. There's no wrong answer. If someone who had not ever tried a New England IPA were to ask you, how would you describe this beer? Can you describe it?
1: Mark, do you want
0: to go? Either one. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
2: Sure, I'll be my. I, I, I'm 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 actually being honest when I say that Gun Hills was my favorite of the versions that we've had. I've had over three dozen of them at this point. Um, wow! All, <laughs> most, if not all of them. Uh, yeah, I, I did some traveling to try to track some of these down. But, uh, I'd say most, not all, but most of them shared certain characteristics. I think um, I think it's a fuller mouthfeel than a lot of IPAs. Okay. It's Creamier and and richer, um, like Dave said, I thought it leaned into the stone fruit uh, um, area much more than just sort of a bright tropical, uh, which I find in a lot of New England IPAs they sort of go towards a grapefruit or an orange or something very citrusy. And this this I thought had more yep. balance and was a little more delicate than that. Um, and like I said, it was uh, it, like Dave said, it was six and a half percent, so it was it was you know right down that that easy drinking place. I found it very refreshing. Um, I, I, I would say that it is an IPA for people who don't think they like IPAs.
0: Um, excellent. Yeah. And that's, that's something you really have to think about when it's people like this show, like I, like I was telling Dave, before we started recording, this show is mainly aimed at people who might be a little bit afraid to try different styles. People that are stuck in there. I like my Coors Light and I like my Molson Canadian type thing so we always try and put it into a perspective of this is what you can expect when you're going to drink it i mean and if someone hears oh it's it's going to taste fruity and it's going to have this nice soft mouthfeel and it's not going to be like astringent or overly bitter then yeah you're going to get those people in um you know and and that that's awesome that's that's always nice to hear and that's the thing um for for people who don't know new england ipas are technically the ipa for people who don't like ipas <laughs> i think you know one of one
1: of the things that now, we really example, had sorry mark go
2: ahead go ahead i i before we move on i just want to say for example i i just opened because of the nature of the project um uh, you know ipas have a shelf life and uh so i'm drinking one of, the, one of the more recent uh releases it's actually the ale it's alewife brewing from from near me here in queens in new york um it's one of the few that i can still find on the shelves around the city at the moment um and I picked this up to to have it here and it, it they use uh, Idaho Seven hops um, so that always it always hits my palate a little differently so it it's it's danker it's a little bit more earthy um, than a lot of the other versions that we found. Um, still very enjoyable, but I wouldn't say it's as accessible to like a beer newcomer as say the Gunhill version was or even the sloop brewing which okay. came out about a month ago so.
0: if it's you would uh, hold that can up again. I will, because I th- I think that's a it's it's got a great design on it. Um, I think it's a it's very very a, a very appealing aesthetic uh, from 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 a consumer uh, standpoint. So people would see that and be oh that looks kind of cool. Let's give that a try. Because there is a whole contingent of people out there who try beers based on the labels. Oh
2: sure, <laughs> my mom still buys wine based on the label. So, well, I mean, I think but the I cartoon think characters
1: that that is part of the reason. Yeah that's part of the reason why we sort of settled on that design too, is because we wanted something that was going to jump out at, again, appealing to not just your craft beer nerd or or your, your generic craft beer drinker. We wanted something that was going to appeal to everybody because of what we're trying, what we're trying to accomplish by making this beer and by making this beer accessible to everybody.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, how many, how many other breweries participated? Did, uh,
2: do you know? Uh, today we're at 77 that have either brewed or have committed to brewing. Um, we just added awesome. one on Friday. So, yeah. So it's still very much going cool. on. I mean, the art sector is still hurting. Broadway is. Oh, very back. much so. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it, it's going to be a while until, till people are back to anywhere close to where we were before. So. We'll
0: keep working on it as long yeah. as people... cool hey, hey uh Dave, if you would tell me a little bit about uh your brewery. give me a little bit about your history. How did you guys get started uh what are there, what what are some of your core beer styles that you make and uh, where can people find your wares <laughs> so we
1: we got started i I mentioned at the at the jump um that I played baseball and and that uh, one of my teammates was a home brewer uh, we actually got started by my business partner and I were, were teammates on that baseball team. And we always would talk during the seasons about how we weren't enthralled with our day jobs and, and how we wanted to potentially become our own bosses. And so after this home brewer brewed the beer for his wedding, I had said to him, hey, if you ever decide that you want to sell your beer or do something more with, with this whole beer thing, let me know. I'd love to get involved. And two years later, he called me up. And he said, "I oh, remember when you said this, well I'm ready to leave my job and do this beer thing and so we tried uh, we, I looped in the other, our other teammate who who we used to who, the one who we used to lament about his job with me and um, we <laughs> we tried to come and, and figure out a way for the three of us to to make this work and, and we just couldn't at the time, but in doing all the research that we were doing about this we we realized that new york city only had six breweries at the time and there were 84 in the city of san diego so we sat here and we were like okay well if San Die, if san yes. diego can can uh support that many breweries i'm pretty sure new york can can withstand another couple so we started looking and, and we just sort of said okay you know what well we'll our as much as we want to do business with our friend why don't we go and find someone else who actually is knows how to make beer on a professional level and, and on a professional scale. Right. We'll handle the business side of things. He'll handle the brewing. And we sort of went and hit the ground running from there. So we went and hired someone that had been brewing for 25 years professionally. And um, he's no longer our brewer. He, he was with us for the first two years. And then we hired another, uh, a, a different brewer who, who was working in another brewery in, here in New York City. And he actually left during COVID. So we're, we're on our, uh, a third brewer now but um it, this this is our, our previous <laughs> brewer's assistant so it's something that's that's sort of came up in gun Hub. but what what we really focus on is um are we have three core beers that we make year-round with a an asterisk next to the uh the hamilton beer that, that we talked about earlier because we're <laughs> o- we're always making that but it's not right. it's not uh our one of our quote-unquote busiest or biggest sellers but that's always around. But we right. we make a uh, an American style pilsner called Spirit Seventy Six. We make a an IPA called Gunhill IPA, which sort of uh, is I would say more of the East Coast style. So there is still a little bit of a residual bitterness, but you're still going to get a lot of the tropical and stone fruit flavors that you might see in a New England IPA. Uh, and then and then the third beer okay. that we make is a foreign style stout called Void of Light, which
0: Oh, you're speaking my language now. So this is, <laughs>
1: and, and this is our probably our most well-known beer because it's a beer that we've won um, three Great American Beer Festival medals for. So we it 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 was originally meant to be a one-off beer that we were going to brew every now and then, and it very quickly was forced to be a year-round beer. And we do we do different <laughs> every quarter. We do different um, uh, variants of it so and with one of the variants oh every year always being a a bourbon barrel aged version
0: very nice uh, now you're really speaking my language i love the uh, the big hitting barrel aged beers that's in the that's 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 right in my wheelhouse uh, i always say if it's not double digit it's a session beer so well
1: the, the, our barrel aged version is still only 8% so it would still be, so it's even better
0: it's for, still a session, it, session it's, beer it's, even yes. better for you. it's a,
1: a sessionable beer with that session <laughs> barrel so yeah
0: uh, <laughs> awesome so um are, uh, are you guys like uh open do you have a tap room things like that that people can so come with we
1: have a, uh, a tasting room in in the bronx uh that's open five days a week and we distribute our beer in pretty much the uh metro new york area and then also a little bit okay. we pre-covid we had a much wider range of distribution we that back a bit uh to make sure that you know a with quality control and b with the increased emphasis on local we really wanted to, to sort of focus close to home but we we still distribute also in the state of connecticut and then we do send a little bit of beer out to some of these companies that are um, selling beer on the internet and, and doing uh, mail ordering or, or on the on apps right
0: right like. Right, right, like- yeah. Like your small batch dispatch and things like and that. Yeah. We, we,
1: we export a tiny bit of beer. Uh, we actually did in the earlier part of this year, actually, I think it was in it was at the end of the summer. We did a little, little tiny drop in, in Canada actually. Um, but I don't know. I don't.
0: Damn it. Why didn't I know about this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly where um,
1: it went, but, but so, but we focus, We we are heavily focused now. Just on on New York.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome. No, that that's awesome. I mean, um, I'm I'm all about hyper local. I mean, I've got a brewery that's literally ten minutes down down my road. If I take my road straight down for ten minutes, I hit this brewery, and it's it's you know it's my new local. Uh, I just discovered them a few months ago, and. And they make fantastic beer. I'm all about the hyper local. So I understand you guys pulling back your distribution and trying to keep things as local as possible, but, but doing things like the, uh, the curtain, the curtain up thing is, is fantastic too, where, where you bring in all these other breweries that can experiment with the same base recipe and, and get, the get the word out, so to speak, uh, on, uh, on what it is you're trying to, uh, to bring to the forefront of people's minds because a lot of people don't really think about, um, actors and the entertainment industry as as something that's really suffered because, you know, we're all sitting at home, still watching TV and watching movies, you know? Um, you know, I, I understand though. Uh, I I was, I was supposed to go see a couple of concerts in the last two years and, uh, well, I haven't been able to, they were all canceled and things like that. You know, I was supposed to go see, uh, one of my favorites is a postmodern jukebox. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. They, uh, yeah, so they, they do retro versions of, of other people's songs, and that's 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 kind of my thing. I really love the uh, the the '40s swing and all that kind of jazz music, and and I was very disappointed that uh, our concert got uh, canceled here. Uh, it was supposed to be in Toronto, and and I didn't get to go. So I I fully understand, and I thought uh, I thought this was a great great uh, concept that you guys are trying to do to help bring uh, awareness to the suffering of the arts and the ancillary things that go along with it. I mean, you are not incorrect when you say when the arts suffer, you know, the hospitality and, and, and uh, you know, other industries, like the food service industries and, and anybody who's in, in any sort of service industry suffers because there's so much interconnected. I mean, there's hotels and restaurants and taxis and, and whatever else. I mean, it's just there's just a ton of people that get impacted by this and it goes out in waves. So, you know, the more we can help uh, bring things back to a state of normalcy, the better.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and on that note, if anybody listening wants to find out more about Curtain Up Beer uh, or Gun Hill Brewing or the Happy Hour Guys, which is our web series, uh, they can find us pretty much anywhere on social media. Uh, and uh, they can also visit uh, curtainupbeer.com or curtainup.beer. Uh, and that will have a list of every brewery that is <laughs> involved, uh, and, and a whole page devoted to making it super easy for anybody else to get involved if they want to.
0: Awesome. And Gunhill, uh, what, what's, what's your social media presence there, Dave? We're
1: on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at Gunhill Brewery and then gunhillbrewing.com is our, is our website.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, uh you guys, if you guys start uh looking into international distribution, please uh keep Canada in mind. I'm always on the lookout for good beers and when you said you had an export style stout, you know, you really piqued my interest. So
2: <laughs> I have to say awesome
0: guys. guys.
2: I can say it because I'm I'm not employed by Gunhill. Uh Void of Light is a really special beer, but a lot of a lot of the Gunhill beers are special. Um but just listening to what you like, I think you would you would have a love affair with Void of Light.
0: I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm very much uh, uh, a malt forward beer kind of guy. Um, you know, I love I love uh, you know Martzens and Vienna lagers and and ESBs and traditional English Pale and, and you know Irish Reds and Stouts and Porters. So, oh, what what you got there? That's
2: that's that's our it's uh, <laughs> our, our Fest beer. It's their Fest beer. I uh, I went oh, out yesterday. Nice. Yeah. I have a Gunhill beer with me for this, you know. And uh and uh, Dave, you'll be happy to hear this. I went to my there's a new local craft beer spot in my neighborhood. That's that's Wall to Wall Craft Beer. And the last time I was in, they had three or four different um Gunhill beers in stock. And this time I went and the only thing they had left was the Fest beer. What, what... And not much of that either. So, uh which place was that? They're called they're called Beer Cave. They're brand new. Okay. It used to be just a corner store. I, th- I think it was like a like a, a hookah supply store. The last time I walked past it, <laughs> and then, like two weeks ago I walked past and it's completely transformed. Uh, so I picked up I picked up their Fest beer, which I also think you would very much enjoy based on what you're describing. Uh, and I'm gonna. Oh have yeah, to- I do.
0: I, I do love Fest beers. I mean, I, I anything anything that's got a heavy malt uh, backbone to it is uh, right in my wheelhouse. So. Um. All right, guys, you know, we've been talking for a little over 30 minutes. This is the part of the show I, where I say, hey, if you enjoyed what you've seen, please click like. If you're feeling generous, subscribe and click the little bell to be notified when new episodes come out. If you have any questions for me, for Dave or for Mark, leave them in the comments section below and I'll forward them on as, as needed. If you have a suggestion for a beer style, a beer or a guest you'd like me to try and get on because Lord knows I'll try and get anybody to talk to me. Uh, just leave that in the comment section below as well. Other than that, until next time, I'm Rob from the internet. Cheers.